Hello all. Welcome to the next episode of the West Coast Infidels podcast series. This is Vasant and I have with me the man from Seattle, Ramakrishnan, and the boss of the local Bay Area cricket chapter for overseeing kids who hide samosas for sustenance between overs. In some future episode, we will at least hope to delve deep into the titanic battles between the Unmukh Chand and Harmeet Singh powered Bay Area and Seattle cricket teams so that we can introduce some tension in the conversations. like was the case with Mark Waugh and DK. However, for today, we will stay with the comings and the goings in the second test of the Kotla, a.k.a. Arun Jaitley Stadium. And as always, we will touch upon one very important topic, which again involves a match between the same two countries, but played by a different set of players in a different continent for a different piece of silverware. Ram, what on earth happened? One evening, the chatter was all around Australia may have used the 91 as a badge and were possibly going to level the series. And then just like that, they earned another achievement badge. I kind of think that we're going to see 28 for 8 as that new future badge, personally, closer to 36 for 9 in my eyes. But man, what a completely one-sided game it turned out to be fun. The beginning of day one, I was thinking that the game was on even keel. The Aussies probably even held a little bit of an edge going in. The Indian top order got out very cheaply. And there seems to be a little bit of a pattern here as well. We'll, we'll talk about that. And India had itself bailed out one more time by the tail. And this time it came in the form of Ashwin and Akshar who added about 100 runs. Though to be fair, we must give credit to at least one earlier partnership between Raat and Jadeja. Uh, who had a 50-plus partnership with the score being at 66-4-4 uh, on the earlier day. I think at this point, people won't accept you calling them the tail anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we have to be careful. There, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I think it was Nathan Lyon who at the presser basically said, you know, stop calling these guys the tail. They're just like an extended middle order or something like that. But to the nub of the matter now, the way in which the Australians completely succumbed in that session, the first session on day three, extremely disappointing i mean they may have got their sweeping inspirations from you know hayden from back in 2001 but not one of them you know sort of played it well or even picked the right ball to play it i watched this really cartoonish clip on on twitter where Ian Healy was huffing and puffing his way to showing everyone how a sweet shop is really played but found it really really funny anyway in this one that third innings are so one sided the indians didn't need to get a single over from siraj got one over for akshar as they wrapped up australia for 113 so thinking about siraj here for a second you know he had one over in the last game in the second innings he had none in the second innings here i may be getting a little ahead of myself for the indoor test but what price will be playing ahead of siraj as far as that game is concerned wasn't The record over the last 10 12 years though make it very clear that beating India in India in tests is very 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 tough. Gets even more challenging when it comes to games where in both Ashwin and Jadeja are playing. In such games India has a 30 win, 1 loss and 7 draw record. And at least 4 perhaps 5 of the drawn games are missed opportunities due to a variety of reasons. In these 38 games these two have 412 wickets at an average of 20. a strike rate of 50 with 27 fifers and 7 tenfers and this has been going on for 10 years how do you expect anybody to play against this and the, the, and the one loss was one loss was stephen o'keefe no the one oh, loss the was these are home games 
These are all home games. Oh, just the home games. The one loss was with Stephen O'Keefe with 12 wickets. Yeah, exception. Complete exception. Stephen yeah. O'Keefe himself exactly. couldn't explain how he got there. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. no, the thing here is that we've had this famous quartet of spinners. We had Harbhajan, we had Kumble. It's never been like this. I mean, these two are absolutely yeah. unplayable. The two of them, arguably the best spin bowling pair we've seen in India, for India at least. As usual, bowling was outstanding throughout the game. No loose deliveries. There was no panic. There was nothing. In fact, the only point at which they seemed to be a little short on answers was when Hanscom was batting towards the end of day one. That 60 plus he hit was outstanding. Khwaja hit some 80 plus, but there was a lot of riding his luck. Absolutely. So it was only Hanscom who seemed to be absolutely at ease. And what was even better is to see Aksar finally come to the party with the bat. Way back in 2015, he was the anointed all-rounder coming in. He played a few practice games before the 2015 World Cup and was just gobbled up by the quicks from England and Australia. And everybody derided him thinking, who is this guy? Where did he come from? It took quite a few years, but now he's there. He's there as a solid batter, plus his undoubted skills with the ball. And then, of course, very pleasing to see Pujara get some time, although I thought he looked quite scratchy. Kohli looked in great touch, and this augurs very well. Ayer looked in sublime touch. I still remember that square cut he hit of Lyon for that four. Brilliant shot. First scoring shot. He threw away his wicket, trying something that he had just tried before, but he looked in no trouble whatsoever. And what also stood out is... Kona Bharat, who after one square drive, just batted very well. Yes, he's no punt, but this guy seems to be a pretty good bat. Hey, he has a 300 in the Ranji Trophy. Enough has been said about Rahul. Not going there. At the end of the day, another test where the deep Indian batting order made sure that operants really never got away. Team India then upped the ante in the third innings and the end came very fast. In fact, there was an interesting stat I got from another podcast. In the past five years, the highest score by an opposing team in India, the third or fourth innings is 213. Wow. Teams ended up with sub-200 scores, 16 of 18 completed innings. Plain and simple, it is not possible to bat well against us in the second innings. That underscores the reason for the domination. I mean, there's literally no second innings for any team that comes in here. In contrast, India has had only one completed innings of less than 200. In the Chennai test that we lost to England. Uh, the Joe Root test, yeah. The Joe Root test. And even there, we outscored them in the second innings. That first innings, that huge lead when we let Dominic Bess dominate us. It was that uh, guy, right, who did was a groundsman. Correct. Oh, the yeah. poor guy was a groundsman. He got wounded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they changed the, the, the curator for the next game and, and prepared like a proper Bunsen burner and stuff. Yeah. Even there, it took a Rohit special to get us. Only to... Rohit. Yeah. Only Rohit. Anyway. The Aussies did try hard. and But notwithstanding the excellence of Lion, the young Aussie spinners are almost always guilty of giving away a few cheap runs. And Cummings really continued to struggle, as has been the case, with the ball at least. 
The general reference is that he is more of a back-of-the-length bowler, and that doesn't work very well in India. And when Hazelwood and Stark are not there, there's nobody to really put pressure on the Indian team. I mean, these are all theories. He might just wake up in the next game and uh, blow us out. He's just too good a bowler just to let things be where they are. In contrast, this very, very strong Indian attack gave them nothing. The two senior spinners, the third spinner who hardly gets to bowl, the two quicks, or should I say 1.1 quicks, since the second guy hardly bowls, they were giving away nothing. A couple of loose deliveries per session. So Australia had to really work very, very hard for their runs. As opposed to what a buffet of balls on the pads, which Rohit got in the first innings in Nagpur, if you remember, and exactly. some of the bowling that was there in our first innings at some points of time. All that said, I still believe that this is a decent Australian side. Had, it's just that they're up against a very, very good Indian team. The inability to convert a slight advantage or even a situation wherein things are even has pretty much doomed them. It's the same story for any visiting team. And again, as we discussed in the last episode, the absence of the fifth bowlers hurt them in both games, more so given the relative inexperience of their spinners. I wouldn't rule out this Australian team as a pushover, but they have to change the way they're doing things. Green will be back, and that changes the equation substantially. But we can get into the details of what's going to happen in indoor when we get a chance a week from now. Vijay, your thoughts? Yeah, so India is poised to sweep the series 2-0 at the moment. Australia, on the other hand, is poised to reevaluate the sweep shot. <laughs> so that really is where the difference lies. I just wanted to focus on that batting. I actually got into a rabbit hole investigating this. <laughs> but the person floating under the radar uh, for the Australian batting collapse, in my opinion, is their batting coach. They actually have a designated batting coach, Michael DeVinuto. So in his playing days, he had a few chances in South Africa and elsewhere playing for Australia. But much like many people in that late 90s era, he, he just couldn't find his way into this side. National side. Like this, the Stuart Laws, even Michael Hazy for a long time, blew it, all those guys. Uh, so whatever success he has had has been playing for Tasmania and Durham. And apparently he also holds an Italian passport. So <laughs> he's also he played for Italy. Italy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so somewhere there has to be a trivia question around this. His brother too played for Italy, it looks like. Anyway, the point is he doesn't have any subcontinent experience coming in. Now you might ask me what? With all his subcontinent experience, what is Vikram Rathor doing? I'm not going there. <laughs> Michael Devinuto was handpicked by Mickey Arthur, the headmaster. And he, he has had a long stint as a batting coach. Mm. But given that, even with all their resources, I've just been wondering why these guys didn't pick somebody with the local knowledge to help them out in this series, right? They're kind of trying everything out in the field, which is rather risky as it turned out. I was just wondering, because I was listening to this guy in the commentary box, making his comments about Marquas, cheap suits and all that. Matthew Hayden has been one of the big successes for Australia. Let it be 2001 or even the following series. 2004? He was legally sweeping everything out of the way. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, he was. Uh, I mean, 2001. When he was, was wearing, wearing was the, the yellow, yellow, as in the CSK yellow. That's true. 
even more <laughs> so. <laughs> mongoose or no mongoose, right? So he was really delivering. Harbhajan was taking wickets by the bucket loads in 2001, but Hayden was also scoring runs at will. So I don't know if bringing him, he might have also advocated the sweep shot. But uh, I have a feeling that still not too late to kind of avail his services. I think he has even offered to do it for free. That's yes. how much he's invested in bringing a ton around. Yeah, no, actually, there was a little, uh, yeah, there's a video of Hayden and Gambhir showing how to play. And Hayden explains how the sweep shot and when the sweep shot is supposed to be played and not indiscriminately. But of course, theory is always easy and hindsight is like 20-20. Even for technique, right? I think Shastri pointed out how Kwaja his sweep was not the conventional sweep. He was like doing a crouch kind of a thing and then meeting the ball. And as you pointed out, something, it was, he was really playing with fire there and kind of pulled it off, but it yeah. was not based on any strong technique. And the minute they placed the leg slip, he got up. Right? Got but going back, right? So Divinito, Smith, and possibly Kwaja must have kind of figured out that using the sweep shot as a primary weapon would be the best option against Dadeja Dashman. I mean, we might never really know what they had as a strategy in the dressing room and how this suddenly came to be their big strategy. <laughs> Good innings from head. It just seemed like everything went to hell. But this is something I think in previous Australian teams, the batting coach or somebody would have come and addressed this, but I didn't see anything like that. So they didn't do any course correction. Even after the top batsman came back to the pavilion, everybody kept playing that same shot. That, to me, was really very surprising about how the Australians approached this in this game. And uh, hopefully they will figure out something in the next game. The uh, bowling, for me, I know I made a lot of fun of Lyon, but I think he bowled really well. Very well. Um, and uh, he, he led the attack. And uh, we also saw that Murphy, he developed the side straight because, you know, possibly this is the most he has bowled in his life. <laughs> so <laughs> something had to give, right? And their most recent group, Tenement, also did well. And they are very keen to bring Stark into the side. Looks mm. like predominantly as a batsman. <laughs> even if <laughs> not as a bowler. So I'm curious to see who he will replace in this bowling attack. Or will they really be bold enough to drop a batsman? So we'll have to see. For India, Ayer walked in and completely looked the part at number in, in fielding. I think the one thing that remain edged in my memory is the dolly he left through his legs. <laughs> costly miss. Yeah, but but thankfully he didn't show any discomfort, no back problems or anything while crouching in front of the wicket. So that's a good sign. And Pujara looked extremely scratchy. And what is funny in a way is that he has the exact aggregate of runs as scale Rahul does. 38 runs <laughs> from the two games. The only saving grace for Pujara was that his being not out in the Delhi chase. Kohli kept looking like a million bucks until he gets out. And I observed a little quirk in our statistics. So Kohli has now gotten out stumped for the very first time in his 12-year test career. And incidentally, Sachin Tendulkar also got out stumped for the first and only time after playing test cricket for 12 years. Perfect. So there's something happening at the 12-year mark for our batsmen. But, but clearly for Kohli, given his slip catching or batting, the reflexes are fading. Probably it is time for him to take a leaf of Sachin's book and the change in strategy to be more effective as number four. 
perhaps even swap positions with Ayer in the batting order. See what that does to his approach to the game. But again, for me, this is one of those games where Ashwin brought the hammer, but it was Jadeja who nailed it. Fantastic. I think that Kohli is due for a big score, but we've been saying this for the last, like, how long? I mean, game Many. after game, game after game. I do think they need to put him out in front, not at the back, behind the wicket. He's so much a better fielder when he's at mid-on or cover. But he held all his catches this time around. There was no yeah. problems. There was no mess-up. So maybe he's figured it out. With this, we are done with the review of the Kotla test. And as is the norm, we will touch upon a topic that is germane to the world of Indian cricket today. This is going to be a short preview of another India versus Australia game, which actually precedes the indoor test. This being the Women's T20 World Cup semi-final to be played on Thursday at the Newlands. So, what has happened so far? Australia, unsurprisingly, handily won all their games and topped their group. It's just getting boring saying the same thing. Healy, Mooney, Lanning, McGrath, Gardner, Perry all made runs. That's the sum total of their batters. All their bowlers have taken wickets. It's a long list. I don't remember all their names. Really not being challenged one bit by anybody. So they just turn up and the opponents just keel over. Shades of the big three playing tennis. Whenever they came, the opponents are already 50% of their way back to the airport. India actually had workmanlike victories over Pakistan, over West Indies, and somehow slipped by Ireland on a DLS they lost against a red-hot England team, which is actually looking very, very good. Andana, Ghosh, Rodriguez are looking in good nick. Thakur has been absolutely brilliant with the ball. The note of concern is our talismanic captain has just not got going. But then again, it's Australia. It's a knockout match that always brings the best out of her. She's the number seven who's no less than the other number seven. Absolutely. Guess the Australian women will want to exact some measure of revenge for the travails of their male counterparts. But again, they are the odds-on favourites to win the game and for the matter, the tournament. Having said that, over the past few years, Team India is the only one that has matched up to them. Even managed to pull off a win, albeit in a super over. Seriously though, I think it will require some out-of-body experience or performance by one individual to, for India to beat Australia. Something like the unforgettable 171 not out. Or maybe a combination of bowlers to keep Australia under 130 and the batters coming through. Like you remember, like it used to be back in CSK's pomp and at the IPL once upon a time. It was just a matter of which team would qualify to lose to CSK in the final. It just replaced CSK with Australia here. I mean, they are just that good. That is still the case. Why are you talking as if it... When did that is CSK still the case. Why are you talking <laughs> as if... <laughs> Okay, fine. Sorry, CSK fans. Anyway, so my analogy is the Australian. I mean, the these Aussie women, you know, all conquering. They'll win everything on hand. Our own team has been a little you know, shaky going in. Shafali Verma has been out of form. Harman Preet has been out of form. We did see this very spirited innings from Jemima against Pakistan, but otherwise, you know, we've just been lucky to get through. So you're right. You're going to need them to play completely out of their skins, or for the Aussies to have like a really bad day in the office. When did that like hell a... last happen? 
seriously for something to happen i mean it's not possible if one fails other comes if yeah, other yeah. fails other comes it's amazing amazing team yeah. you didn't mention some of the bowlers but shoot uh, alana king johansen ashley gardner ashley yeah. gardner if i don't bat i will bowl yeah exactly so sometimes you kind of wonder whether it's worth waking up at 5 a.m to see the you know what is likely to be a bit of a one sided game but yeah, i think we'll probably do it anyways i i think there'll be a fight you think i would love to fight i would love to no fight. no we'll fight but then when the rubber meets the road at the end yeah they'll say enough it's over vijay this team is just too good vijay no i mean so think about it right if you were to pick the all time greatest australian women's cricket team it would be the playing 11 this 11 exactly this is the all time greatest australian women's cricket team but i'll also tell you this if you were to pick across the genders right the best team given the continuity of excellence and you know man for man woman for woman who who's the best at the any given position this is by far the best cricketing team that has ever taken oh. to the field true i will even go far as to say that you know if you were to make a very romantic guess of picking the all time best team of any sport this would be the team that. <laughs> and we are going to go face them in the semi finals of world cup so the odds are not just stacked it's like you know you are just going with a prayer in your lips that's all you are going to do they have lost next to nothing and each player is absolute position in the position that they are playing in the only time that we saw in recent times is the indian team stretched them to a super over in that dy patel game last year they eventually won and now it is increasingly looking like an anomaly like how did we even win that game correct the 83 world cup final how did we even win it yeah exactly what just happened <laughs> no at least back then we had kapil dev who was better than half the guys in the west indies team india needs to catch everything their slow bowlers have to click we need the openers to go strong the captain has to do all their calls if you want to do ashwining or mankading please do it yeah absolutely <laughs> like just do everything right if you do everything right you just might get to a super over <laughs> i just love this australian women's team i just want them to have continued success but i'm really torn i think it will be a match for the ages if india pull this one through but i'm not holding my breath <laughs> no I, i'm with you here this is probably one of the best all time national teams across sports the nearest i remember is that 1970 brazil football team in the world cup when they had this gentleman named pele and a whole bunch of others who were all the best in their position back then but even them there were still a few guys from other countries who were better here except for skiver brunt yeah i don't know anybody else who's even good enough to make this team just mind blowing thursday it is right this game yes it is the next india australia match is on thursday it's at 5 am pacific or 6:30 pm indian standard time hoping for the very best for our team in blue so with that that's a wrap thank you everyone hope you enjoyed our perspective on what happened at the kotla and what we think are the projections for newlands We'll be back in a week or so with a preview of the third test 
that is going to be played outdoors at indoors holkar stadium